a songwriter as well. So, you know, he has experience on, on the business end and also actually doing the work in the creative side of it too. So, you know, just want to dive right in, man, and want to introduce to you. I want I want to mess your name up. Uh, Akinya. Akinya. I mean, yeah, you got yeah. that right. You got okay. that right. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you know, <laughs> okay. All right, so you man. Got, you got the first name correctly. Okay. Then my surname is Anyi Uluwa, and that is usually the tongue twister for some of my friends from the states. Oh so wow! From stateside, they always say Anyi Uluwa, but it is Anyi Uluwa. Anyi Uluwa. Thanks, uh, Ben. No Thank you for having me on your show. Thanks no problem. No problem, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time, man. Um, so, you know, we, we can just dive right in. Um, one of my first things I wanted to see, like, um, as a, as being a music uh, entertainment attorney, uh, what's, what's your opinion or point on the importance of trademarking and... Hold on. Okay. Yeah, just wanted to uh, dive into the first question. Um, with you being a uh, music entertainment attorney, uh, what's what's your uh, what's your opinion and um, and what's your thoughts on the importance of trademarking and the protection of a trademark worldwide? Um, uh, the thing is, in the in the music business, um, you know, it's it's a very very noisy marketplace. You have a lot of people competing for attention and uh, the concept of trademark is that you are able to profit of being distinguished or being distinct in the marketplace so you have thousands and thousands of uh, creators of music who compete daily for the attention of the fans they compete for consumption they compete for traffic they compete for, you know, being, uh, getting the spotlight, getting their day in the sun for people to identify the work that they create. So it is very, very important that from the inception, stepping into the marketplace, you're able to, you know, build on your identity. Without your identity, you would not be able to stand out. You would not be able to sell. If you're not like the purple cow, um, no, nobody's going to regard you as being different from the many other people who are in the same business with you. So your name, your likeness, your logo, your presentation in public, the aesthetics of everything has to be considered as a, as a separate asset class. Apart from your products, another major infrastructure that you need to have is that your reputation and your identity as a creator it is distinct from the many other people you'll be competing with so if you're a rapper your name has to come with its own catch imagine you know if, if you're a rapper and you don't have a distinct name or look or style um I know you know Tekashi. Oh, yeah. He looks weird, I don't know, but he stands out from the many other 
mumble rappers that are, you know, just get for attention in that space is the rainbow egg colored rapper. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Lil Wayne at the time when he came, you know, from his dreadlocks, from his grill, um, Lil Wayne, everything had to look um, different in a way so that they can stand out. So when you have a name and you have um, a kind of look that is distinct, you want to take the step forward to make sure that you protect your reputation. And that is what trademarks is all about. You know, it is the mark that that is used to identify you in the marketplace. It is the mark you use in the course of trade as a musician, as an artist, as a performing artist, as a songwriter, as a record producer. So when people hear Timbaland, that is not Timbaland's um, birth name. That is his professional alias. And when you hear Timbaland, you, you have to identify that name with someone who's been in the game for upward of two decades, who's been killing the game for so, so long. All those reputation are hinged upon the name. So no other rapper, no other record producer can come up tomorrow and say, oh, they go by the name Timbaland. No, you Timber Wu. There's already one Timbaland who is a legend. There's already one Smith Beat. There's already one Pharrell Williams. And those names are trademarks of, um, like John Legend is John Stevens. John Stevens is the government name, the birth name. But the trademark is John Legend, the artist name. So when we talk about protecting that name across different territories, like in Nigeria, where I work, um, there is already a system in place for um, registering names registering logos, registering designs. And when you register a name, a logo, or a trademark, it is usually tied to a particular class. So if you're an athlete, you'll be able to register a name as an athlete. Then if you're interested in a particular kind of merchandising, perhaps you're interested in fashion, you're interested in uh, medical equipment. There are different classes. If you're interested in food, you'll be able to have the exclusivity to attach that name to that particular class. So, like, it's, it's interesting. About two days ago, I shared a picture of Yeezy, Yeezus, which is okay. Kanye West, a, a trademark of um, Kanye West. Um, and that Yeezus Apart from people know him for, you know, um, creating shoes and clothing apparel, but uh, under this new registration, he's able to protect beauty products. So you have makeup, lipsticks, powder, um, soaps, and the likes. So that's what it is. And if you're interested in, uh, because if, if you're a global superstar, like a Michael Jordan. Beyond your immediate um, environment or market, which is the American market, you also want to be um, proactive with protecting that trademark across diverse important markets. So you want to also protect yourself across Europe, protect yourself maybe in China, Asia, Dubai, across different territories. There are some global brands like that where you have to also 
um, beyond just registering in your immediate uh, marketplace, you want to be sure that you're also protected across different territories so that other people are not able to profit off the hard work you've done in building a name, in building your goodwill with the public, in building a reputation. You want to be sure that all bases are covered. So I hope I, I've been able to shed enough light on that. On that. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely good advice, definitely, man. That, that was that was like key on right there, man. Yeah. Um, so like uh, in like with, with the uh, anti counterfeiting uh, practice, he told me a little bit about that. I remember I uh, saw something about that on there um, about the anti counterfeiting practices. Yes, um, it is usually um, a protective measure uh, set in place by entities who are really, really invested in um, owning trademarks. Because there are some companies who are solely dedicated to, you know, they have hundreds of trademarks, they have hundreds of products that are sold under hundreds of trademarks and they want to be a step ahead because um, in this day and age, especially with the power of the internet, it is so, so easy to create knockoffs. Everybody wants to profit off a strong brand that is doing well. So you have a complete knockoff industry where people make replicas of original products. You know, and they present him. They present those products as though they are from the original owners of the trademarks. So you have. Uh, I don't want to mention some countries, but some countries are known for just um, yep. <laughs> creating large-scale products yep. that are knockoffs, and mm-hmm. they sell them cheaply, and it affects the original owners. Maybe you, the original owners of the trademarks sell their shoes for $200, those who create knockoffs in light, on light, in a large scale, they'll probably create the same $200 uh, products for like $20. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, they'll deploy a massive distribution chain to, you know, make sure that they are in the market. Even sometimes, some of their products actually make it to some of the luxury stores. Mm-hmm. Some of the knockoffs make it to the uh, luxury stores and knockoffs. There isn't, you know, from shoes to to uh, apparels to caps to wristwatches. There are knockoffs of everything. So the owners of the original trademarks usually come together to actively look out for their own interest. And as such, there are so so many anti-counterfeiting agencies out there who immediately the original owners of each trademark release new brands of products they also um facilitate um how this anti-counterfeiting agency would also ensure that there are no knockoffs competing with the originals that they've created so that um, they're able to maximize the commercial exploitation of all the products that they own and that they are selling under the trademark that they've been able to build. So it is very, very popular with the pharmaceutical industry, also very popular with the uh, fashion industry. Almost every time you have to activate uh, 
your campaign, your entire counterfeiting campaign has to be deployed immediately after your products to sell. And in Nigeria here, um, it is very, very popular with food. Hmm. A lot of fake, uh, you know, they create, the, the food is not properly licensed by the Agency for Food and Drugs Control. Um, what they do is, the food might be okay, it might be fit for consumption, but instead of going through the regulatory process of obtaining the, the, the necessary license, they just make counterfeit packaging and just, you know, package it wrongly and they push the product to the market. Oh, wow. So I've also had to, on behalf of a client, you know, um, get the anti-counterfeiting agents in Nigeria to chase after some um, knockoff products mm-hmm. that were profiting off the trademark of my clients. So, and I believe it, it is a whole different kind of practice in law. I don't major in that area of law, mm-hmm. but I know it is a well-entrenched practice of law, uh, which is side-by-side side with trademark law. Trademark specialists also advice on counter anti-counterfeiting um legal services so that's something okay yeah man that, that's that's real good to know man because uh because we, we had a situation one of my artists she has uh hair business as well and does uh wigs man and they took her images from her uh instagram and put them on on their page and their website and marked them down to 18 bucks man and suddenly like it's theirs i was like yeah, wow but the good thing is now you're able to, you know, you can make complaints to Instagram, to YouTube, to Facebook, whenever you find offending uh, content that are infringing on your trademarks. We've had incidents where we had to report, um, you know, some some people who were selling, you, they were using the, the face of one of my clients to sell shirts and caps online. So we had to like, um, make a formal complaint to Instagram and they brought down the page. They brought down the, the, the account and um, the, the person had to go through a process of appealing and also making sure that they resolved that um, issue with us before they came back. So hmm. th- that's and um, one of the um, procedures where you can seek some kind of uh, compensation and justice on digital platforms platforms like Instagram. Hmm. So you can actually move against them, bring down the page, and force force them to make some kind of payment before they come back on. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's good to know, man. Appreciate that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, like, what was, what would be the best way, um, like, if somebody was to, uh, to begin to conduct a business in a different country, or, like, say, if we were to come to, like, Nigeria, um, to set up a business and you know, or or do like partnerships and things like that. How 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 does that work? Um, as far as like like you know, like say if an artist wanted to come in, come to Nigeria and set up a set up a business there, you know, and yeah. or partner with someone from Nigeria. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty easy. Like um, we encourage foreign participation in the Nigerian economy, and. Um, if anybody uh, wants to set up a business in Nigeria, all they need to do is um, get an attorney who, who gives all the information. It is pretty straightforward. 
within a week that can be done we actually do that for a lot of people even um those who have never been on the shores of the country or the continent all they need to do is fill up some forms provide some information and the the entity set up when they are ready to to um it could be set up in many different ways it could be set up in such a way that it becomes a nigerian they own a nigerian entity and they could open bank um accounts um whenever they please we can actually help them set up uh, bank accounts in nigeria also if they consider it expedient that they want to have um, a nigerian director we can also advise on that also if they want it to be fully owned by um foreigners it's also possible so there isn't any problem at all with um setting up a nigerian entity even when you are still in the states or you're in uk um there aren't any kind of restrictions at all it's only that um usually if you want to really really participate most of the time you have to be on ground mm-hmm. you have to be on ground and if you want to be operating from nigeria and you are taking up executive positions which means you'll be running the business on a day-to-day basis then it will be best to collect some other documents which would allow you as a foreigner to um be like the ceo or the manager or be an executive that runs it day-to-day but if you are just going to be a director who isn't actively involved with running it day-to-day there isn't any need for you to get those other documentation the documentations i meant were the resident permits the expatriate quotas you know so that you are acknowledged as an expatriate working in nigeria so that you also have the right kind of immigration permit to be within the shores of nigeria and uh, with that you'll be able to work as a nigerian you'll be able to pay taxes no you'll be able to work as an expatriate in nigeria then you'd also be able to pay your taxes and you know pretty much be a member of the society you know contributing to the economy creating jobs getting funding attracting more investment in your business here in nigeria so it's 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 actually very very easy okay. to, to, to pay. oh wow okay all right cool cool all right uh what, what's the what's the nigerian music scene looking like right now and what's what's really uh popping right now in nigeria yeah thankfully like in the last five years with, with the um with the digital revolution streaming revolution before now uh, we didn't have too much of um all these big record companies and music publishers setting shop setting up shop in Nigeria we didn't really have like let's say 6 7 years ago it wasn't the norm for universal the big please warner music and sony to you know come to Nigeria but now it is a regular feature with um some of our biggest talents have relationships with the big three which is Warner, um, Sony, and Universal. The likes of um, Wizkid, Davido, 
Atiwa Savage, Bonner Boy. In the last five years, they've been winning because now it is a lot easier to commercially exploit the IP. Um, before now, when we were still in, in the tenor of selling physical copies of CDs, especially when the global music industry was, you know, hit by a lot of digital piracy and when the, 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 there was a lot of loss recorded. Nobody was looking to set up shop in Nigeria because selling physical CDs or vinyl in Nigeria wasn't deemed profitable enough. But with the, you know, with the prosperity that streaming has ushered in, a lot of people are looking in the direction of Nigeria. Like almost every other week, there is a new announcement of a new partnership a new signing, and it's been great so far. Also, coupled with the fact that the genre, the popular genre, Afrobeats, is you know gaining a lot of momentum and acknowledgement in the West, in France, in the UK, and the US. A lot, a lot of the music executives in the West want to get more. Um, you know, talents that can replicate what has been done by the likes of Whiskey and David. And of course, there are, there are many, many talented people in Nigeria. Also, beyond that, um, a lot of homegrown labels are also starting to try. Uh, they, they, they sign up new talents, they develop these talents, and when these talents are being courted by um, the international music companies, they're able to work out deals that are favorable to both sides. Mm. So I would say also coupled with the, the, the huge Nigerian diaspora community mm-hmm. in the West, they are, the, the Nigerian music has you know, really taken off. Also coupled with, we have many people doing dance videos uh, gym dance videos, TikTok is helping to spread the word. Um, Instagram, Twitter. I I believe we've never had it so good um, in Nigeria. So, but there's still a lot of work to be done because um, the industry still has a lot of problems with many many things like you know the education isn't as um, entrenched like we would want it to be. Also, there are still many challenges with um, professionalism, with training. Um, not many talent managers uh, have an eye for business. Not many talent managers have an eye for business. Um, also, um, the, the investment, the local investment in music, we don't have too many people seeing the music scene as viable enough. So most of the investment for the top talent are actually from the West. So we need more Nigerian businesses or financial institutions to you know, work out how they can support the industry by providing loans and providing capital to those who have uh, a structured business that can, you know, deploy this fund 
and um, prosper with the funds and give back the funds to the financial institution. Oh wow! Okay, okay, yeah, man. Because I, I I wouldn't mind coming down there, you know, to uh, you know to see where you know where we can help, um, you know, maybe build something, man, like an educational platform for the artists, um, and then man, shoot, you know, uh, signing some artists down there and you know help bring that to America and and other, you know, just. Building worldwide, yeah, man. Welcome that. Welcome that. Like you know, um, education is very key. I, mm-hmm. I believe um, for for things to be done the right way, there has to be the right kind of education in place. So mm-hmm. so that the talents and all their you know their minders, all all those who mind their business, mm-hmm. you know, they operate at optimum level with the right kind of information and guidance. And they're also able to, you know, talk the talk with their counterparts outside of Nigeria. Mm-hmm. It makes more business sense to, you know, uh, collaborate with talents, with funding, with, you know, helping to develop the catalogs, helping to administer the catalogs, helping to distribute, helping to promote. It, it just makes sense that we are open to, you know, foreign participation in what we are doing right now. Okay. All right, cool, cool, cool. And um, and as far as like royalties and uh, and neighboring rights, uh, how how was that situation in Nigeria? Is it kind of like how in the U.S. where we're fighting for for more for our songwriters, um, you know, uh, or is it like a at a standstill to where it's just like this is the rate, it's no budging, or or are you guys in fight for it? Well, um, the last time. Um, I'm aware that um, there has been some kind of um, proposal to the Nigerian legislature to look for the royalty rates and and all of that. But again, my thinking is this: usually, everything we do now, we follow the West mm. with, with with the royalty rates. Usually, we think whatever the majors or the independents come to agreement with Spotify, YouTube, and other digital services. We, they, they, we follow their lead, to be very, very honest. I don't think we have a lot of Nigerian representation championing what the Global Association for Music Publishers, um, what they are doing in the US. All, all those um, sittings that are being held at the at the capital, you know, at the House of uh, Representatives in the U.S., at the Senate floors. I think most of the time, whenever those decisions are made, because we practically use almost the same digital platforms. Okay. So when these collectives come together, the likes of um, uh, what's his name? President, the president of the Music Publishers Association, Israel. I think Israel. Israel. Yeah, Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. David so, Israel. Mm-hmm. David Israel, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever decisions they make, I, I think it's, it affects everyone mm-hmm. because they are, they are. I think they are more suited to champion the cause. I don't think um, our local um, music publishers or local. Um, record label owners have the leverage that the 
likes of David Israel have to push through. Although we have collecting societies in Nigeria, um, we're really, really challenged with the optimal performance of um, the objectives in which they are supposed to pursue. They're really, really challenged with that. So with, with respect to the royalty rate, I still think, um, I think um, Spotify is appealing the ruling by the house. I think they are going to court and then um, David Israel and the groups of uh, music publishers and songwriters are also challenging that appeal. I think whenever these decisions are made, the rest of us fall in line. For now, that, that is what it is. Maybe sometime in the future, we'll be able to have a more customized approach to dealing with those issues. As for neighboring rights, um, the approach is we, we, we tend to follow the UK, the UK's approach, because with sound recording, the dynamics are different the way the UK implements it and the way the American music industry implements. Because I know that on sound recording, on public performance of sound recording in the US, um, not much payment is made. I don't, I'm, I don't want to hold myself out as if I'm speaking on authority on that, but I know that for sure, all bases are covered in the UK. Yep. You're making sure that owners of sound recordings are paid public performance royalties in the UK. So I think that's the same thing we um, model after because um, the UK used to be the colonial powers in Nigeria and most of our laws and legal systems are fashioned after the UK. So I believe with neighboring rights, even the Nigerian Copyright Act is modeled after the UK's legislation. So a lot of what we do is um, fashion is in the same fashion what the UK does with neighboring rights. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, man. It, it's it's really it's really um, low here in the US, and uh, one of the main reasons is just because of the knowledge. You know, um, a lot of people they think when you know uh, US artists they think when once they get with Sound Exchange, you know that's it. They got to make sure that they click on that worldwide, and if they don't click on the worldwide part. You know they have to go and uh, sign up with PPL, which is uh, the UK. So yes. you know, so they can collect that. You know, and they have both of those just coming in at the same time and just build. You know, just build that wealth off of that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, again, I, I think I saw a report that there is an attempt to change that in the US, mm -hmm. which means um, there would now be payments for public uh, performance of sound recordings. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know, maybe 2021 or okay. 2022, there should be a change in that because I follow up with some of this. I get a lot of newsletters, you know, I stay updated on some of these developments mm -hmm. with um, royalties because I also represent um, music catalogs for my clients. Mm -hmm. um, I double as an administrator for their publishing interests and um, I try my best to, to stay uh, at, at the curve of what's going on. Just stay yes. updating and stay and work with knowledge. Mm -hmm. So that, that's it. Yep, yep, definitely, definitely, definitely. All right. Um, I, I think I think we covered uh, this last question about um, 
what's the royalty rates in uh, Nigeria? Well, well, yeah. What, what what is the royalty rates in Nigeria on like the mechanical sides and um, and then we talked about the increasing and all of that stuff. Yeah, like I said, um, I think we follow the lead of the U.S. Whatever decisions are being made with the Music Modernization Act, I think everybody benefits because we're all going to the same ports. We're all going to the similar distribution platforms. And uh, since we all go to the same distribution platforms, I think there is the uniform um, system where we all get the same kind of um, payments. After the platforms get what is due to them, it is also, I think, if you're not part of the big three, you also, you all get the same kind of uniform grades. If you're not part of the likes of Empire and some other independent distributors that are given special preference, I think everybody else takes the same thing. Got so. It. Okay. Okay. All right, cool, man. Well, sure, man. I'm going to thank you for your time and um, let let, everybody, let our listeners know uh, where they can find you and, um, and how to connect with you and, you know, even if they want to get some of your services. Okay, yes. Um, I'm, I'm, act, I'm quite active on Instagram and on Twitter at Akiemi Law. You can connect with me. I respond to DMs fast. You can also send me an email um, at HightowerLawyers at gmail.com. That is my work email, HightowerLawyers at gmail.com. And um, I respond to emails. That is like the first ritual that I do every day. Wake up like six the emails before I step out to do any other thing. So I look forward to collaborating as much as we can. Also, don't forget that African music is powerful. And if you want to get, you know, to if you want to get at anybody, if you want to collaborate with anybody in Nigeria, in Africa, we're able to facilitate that as well. If you want to work with producers, songwriters, we're able to collaborate with as many as are interested in that. So also if you're a music executive watching this, hit me up. I'm happy to, you know, follow anything, anywhere of any place of mutual interest where we can work on. I'm always happy to um, collaborate. It's all about getting value, making yeah. money. Yep. Adding <laughs> value. Yep. That's what it is. Thanks yep. for having me on the show, Courtney. I really, really appreciate this. All right, no problem at all. Thank you very much for your time again. Appreciate it. God bless. God bless. Enjoy the rest of the day. Okay. All right, you too.